0: Hello and welcome to A Court of Wings and Romance, the podcast. I'm Jen or some of you may know me as Quinn Reads with three S's on Instagram and TikTok. Today on the pod we are going to be talking about all things Throne of Glass and Crown of Midnight. So as you may or may not know, i have been slowly making my way through all of the sarah j mass universe i started with akatar obviously Um, my roommate had introduced it to me and i read it at a fairly normal pace and then i took a couple months break i just life got busy things were crazy and i didn't pick up mist and fury for a while it took me a long time to get back into it Um, but once I did, it was a whirlwind. I am not kidding you when I say I finished Mist and Fury all the way to Silver Flames within like a two week time span. I think I was averaging about two to three days per book. Um, and I flew through it. I kind of regret flying through it now because I wish that I had taken my time and really just cherished the fact that it was my first time reading it. Um, but you know. Hindsight's 2020. So I had no idea how much I would fall in love with it as I was reading it. Um, But I do plan to do a reread of that in the future once I finish the rest of the books in the Sarah J. Mass universe. So for the past couple of months, I've been buddy reading the Throne of Glass series with my friend Grace. She's Grace Archeron on Instagram and TikTok. I will leave them in the description. She's going to be joining me next week on the podcast to talk about the next two books in the Throne of Glass series. When Grace and I first met, we had just finished Throne of Glass and we had discussed doing a buddy a buddy read so that way we could hang out, chat about the books. We each had someone to read it with because it kind of felt like, to me at least, that a lot of people had already read the Throne of Glass series. Um, and none of my friends were reading it. So it was really cool to find that person that you could read the books with. Um, I had calculated it where it would be exactly one book a month, leading me all the way up to the release of Crescent City 3. So if I continued on the trajectory of reading one book a month, I would finish Crescent City 2 during the month of January, just in time for the release of Crescent City 3 once it came out at the end. I'm not entirely sure if that's still accurate. I may be off on my timeline. Um, I have to double check and figure that out. But the whole point of that was just so that I didn't have to wait and I didn't have to freak out over this looming cliffhanger that everyone keeps talking about at the end of Crescent City. Um, If you have not read Crescent City, don't worry, there are no spoilers. I have also not read it yet. The only spoilers that you're going to get in this podcast are of Throne of Glass and Crown of Midnight. Let's jump into the book, shall we? So we are going to talk about Throne of Glass and Crown of Midnight. So if you have not read those two books, this is your disclaimer that from now on there will be spoilers. Um, I will let you know when we switch to the next Book, but from now on, if you have not read Throne of Glass or Crown of Midnight, this is your warning that there will be spoilers from this point forward. So if you have not read it, make sure you stop listening, go read the books, come back, or if you don't care, then listen to the spoilers, whatever you prefer. Normally, there would be a guest with me on here to discuss the books. However, due to some unforeseen circumstances, Grace is unable to join us today. So she will be on the podcast next week for the next two books. But today it is just me and anyone who had called in on the phone number. So I was really pleasantly surprised that I did get submissions on our phone line. Um, thank you for that. If you chose to call in and let us know what you thought about Throne of Glass and Crown of Midnight, if you did not, on our Instagram and TikTok at Wings and Mermaids Pod, there is a phone number where you can call in to leave anything that you want based on the book. So if you have an opinion, whether that be a good one or a bad one, if you have thoughts on the book, if you wanna share live reactions as you're reading a book with us, say, or if you wanna talk about certain characters or your book boyfriends or whatever it is based on that book, you can call in and I will play those voicemails over on the podcast and we will discuss them as well. Going into Throne of Glass, I think it is very, very important to know ahead of time that she was 16 when she started writing Throne of Glass. Like, I can't even imagine writing a book like this at 16. Um, According to an interview, she said that she started working on this when she was 16, and it became a project that she did in high school and college. Um, So, I think that is just crazy and amazing and all over wonderful. Um, I, and if that's you too, and you started reading this and you're like, I don't know why people love this so much. They are hyping this up. It's not that great. Keep with it because I thought the same thing and I am now on queen of shadows and it is so worth it. So definitely keep going. And you never know, it could be your new favorite series and you wouldn't have read it if you just stopped where you are. So keep going. Throne of Glass is definitely very different from Akatar in the sense that Throne of Glass is very complex. There are so many characters and different points of view and just different pieces of information with the world building that you need to know and Until you really kind of get a feel for that and get an understanding for that, it's kind of hard to understand, which is why I think it took me so long to get into it in the first place. I also really had to change my perception and my mindset on this because not only was Sarah 16 when she wrote it, but the main character is 16, 17 when we first meet her in Throne of Glass. So she's not this experienced Like fully functioning woman yet. She's still a teenager. She's been through a lot. She's seen a lot more than most of us will ever see in our lifetime. She's been through a ton of trauma, but she's also 16, 17 years old. So a lot of her decisions that she makes, a lot of the things that she says, a lot of things that we would be like, oh, well, that's not logical. Like, Why would you do that? She would because she's making decisions from the mind of a 16, 17 year old which brings me into our first voicemail of the podcast. It is from one of my besties, Joe, um, her username on Instagram and TikTok is at high lady Joe. I'll tag her below as well. So you can go give her a follow. She is absolutely amazing. She makes a ton of wonderful Akatar content, Crescent city, just pretty much everything she does is amazing. Um, So definitely check her out, but let's listen to her thoughts, shall we? Hello,
1: these are my opinions about Throne of Glass. I hated this book at first. I didn't like Selena and I didn't feel like she was a relatable character until I realized she's basically a teenager. (laughs) And I was reading a 28-year-old's perspective into an 18-year-old. And once I Shifted my perspective to how would I have handled this when I was 18 and didn't have a normal upbringing. I realized that Selena was reacting as she was out of a place of trauma, and when I realized that, I my inner adolescent, my inner teenager, related to her so much. And uh, it is like a book that SJM wrote when she was so young, and it's really interesting when you reread it to see all of the literary devices. That Sarah J. Mass uses in this first book that she ends up going on to use in Akatar and sets the stage for her mass, massiverse, her multiverse. Um, so while it's even now still not my favorite Sarah J. Mass book, it, it, I think it's easy to dog on it and be like, oh, that book is, you know, not the best. Some people say it sucks. To me, I think that, uh, it sets the stage for, the books that we know and love and the characters we know and love
0: so yeah also Dorian's daddy especially because selena's trauma is so present and you see that and you feel it and we've all gone through trauma in one way shape or form obviously not hopefully to the extreme of selena um but we've all had it and to see a character written down that goes through so much trauma and is still who she is at the core and still has that little bit of hope, even though it comes in waves and flashes and changes throughout the story. And you eventually come to see her kind of come into her own later in the series. But I think that that's really important, especially to people who are that young to see that just because you're going through all this hard stuff, doesn't mean that it's, over. So the end of that voicemail brings me to a really important part too, because Joe and I are at the exact same part of the series. And Joe clearly (laughs) is very much Dorian where I, if I had to choose between the two of them would be very much Kale. So that makes me laugh hysterically that she is calling Dorian daddy because I'm over here like, no, I want kale. Like I want the kale salad. Like there's no ifs, ands or buts but that if you are listening to this podcast on Spotify today, our poll is, are you team Dorian or team Kale? So make sure down where you find the polls on Spotify that you make sure you let me know which one you are. I'll uh, make it a point to reveal the results of that poll next week on the podcast. But yeah, so let me know, are you more team Kale or team Dorian? And when you're Because I know that this may change throughout the series, when you're doing this poll, think about it as if you are just reading the series for the first time today. So if you just finished Throne of Glass and Crown of Midnight, where are you? Are you Team Dorian or are you Team Kale? Because again, that changes. I mean, we still have a ton of books in the series. We still have talk about *Era of fire we still have to talk about the assassin's blade queen of shadows the tandem reads coming up and then obviously the last one that seems to destroy everyone's soul so as of right now if you just read throne of glass and crown of midnight who are you are you team dorian or team kale i have to know our next Voicemail of the series for Throne of Glass comes from Sky. She's at Sky Loves Books on TikTok. She is one of my absolute best friends, and she does an amazing more cosplay and even Ianthi. So if you're into the villains, she has a fantastic Ianthi um, cosplay as well that you should definitely check out. Her more though is on point. It is probably. My favorite more, I'm going to say it. I think it might be my favorite more that we have.
2: I would like to talk about Throne of Glass. Um, I know a lot of people feel that um, Calcane was a bad guy or a bad girl, but I just feel like she was on her hot girl shit, okay? I feel that she was on her Megan the Stallion hot girl summer. Yes, she was using the Duke to get that bag, and what's wrong with that? I support women's rights and women's wrongs, and I just think justice for Caltaine. I'm on an air of fire right now, so I'm unsure if re reenters in the story. Um, I hope she does. She is my home girl, and I wish the best for her, and I just think that she was just trying to get that back and, like, okay, okay. You would do it, too, for a check, you know? So that's my thoughts on Caltaine, and I rate her character personally 10 out of 10. i love Captain. and selena but that's not a hot take my hot take is
0: that Captain is the is the shit, so i love you sky that's <laughs> i'm just gonna start out by saying that i absolutely love you um i can see it you know while reading the book i didn't like her i thought that she was an ass um but i can see it and okay I will give it to you. I will give it to you that you're right. She was just trying to get the bag. I mean, women didn't have much of a choice back then they had to marry for money and she just wanted to go for the highest amount of money possible when she was trying to get with Dorian. And I mean, with the Duke, it was the same thing. She's just trying to elevate her status. I get it 100%. I do however, feel that there's more to her than we know. Um, I think that she, I think that there's something going on with the King and those headaches. I think the headaches have more significance than we realize. And I'm not sure how yet, because I'm not there, but I want us to remember those headaches because I feel like the headaches are important. And especially as we get further into the other books, I definitely want us to remember those headaches because there's something not right with caltane and with her headaches and I'm very weird in the sense where I pick one thing and I hyper focus on it like with akatar and Azreal and his shadows we all know how I feel about that and if you don't then feel free to message me about it because I have a lot to say um but there's something with the headaches and I don't know what it is yet And I think it's very, very important that we all need to know and we need to remember that. So if you've already read Throne of Glass and you already know something about the headaches or you're just like Jen, you're just picking something and going with it, that's fine too. (laughs) But I'm just going to put it out there that we need to remember them and I'm going to try to figure out why. I think they're important. So, crown of midnight this is where we all start to cry i guess technically it depends on which um way you're reading the stories i know that there are multiple different ways so we're doing the romance read with my buddy read with grace and we read crown of midnight second so crown of midnight is where we started to cry <laughs> with the death of nehemia so nehemia oh, I don't even know where to begin with her. I am just so broken because I loved her. I loved her relationship with Selena. I loved how even when she told her she was an assassin, I mean, she already knew, let's be honest. We all know that Nehemia is smarter than she let on. And clearly now she had, we know she had this plan, but they had to go and kill her like that. Like that was brutal, man. Like, ugh especially like getting Selena away and then having to have her run as fast as she possibly can. I mean, I get it. It's very important in the grand like scheme of things in the storyline of things, but ugh, that hurt. That really did hurt. And I'm not okay. I'm not okay, but hopefully things will get better. I will get better even though everyone just tells me I'm going to keep crying. So Love that. Love that for me. Thanks, guys, for telling me to go on this journey. Thank you. So my bestie, Joe also left us a voicemail for Crown of Midnight. And I'm going to play her voicemail before I get too deep into my discussions, because not only is Jo a writer, so Joe knows all about the writing styles and things like that, as we heard from her first voicemail, but her and I also usually, have very similar opinions to how we feel about the stories. So I feel like she's going to end up saying a lot of the same things that I say. So I'm going to let her go first with her voicemail and then go into how I feel.
1: These are my opinions about Crown of Midnight. Crown of Midnight, the first half of the book, was not my favorite. It felt a little slow at some points, a little confusing and disorienting. However, The second half and the third act of that book are where it goes from a younger Sarah J. Mass figuring out her writing style to truly feeling like a Sarah J. Mass book. The ending of that book, the last 100 pages, as we all know, of any SJM book is a shocker. It's like the meme, the bank exploded. And I feel like with Crown of Midnight, she finally captured the essence of that. And then went on an air of fire to make it even better. But I feel like Crown of Midnight, the last act of that book, it feels like a defining moment for SJM as an author. And the way that my jaw hung open, um, from the moment that Kale goes on his walk and is jumped, my heart started racing and it started to feel like that dread and, what's going to happen next that we have come to know and love from SJM books. And so Crown of Midnight was a four star out of five for me. Definitely better than Throne of Glass as far as pacing. Um, and I'm sad that Nehemiah is gone because I loved her so much. Anyway, that's kind of, I feel like this is the book where SJM really came into her own. So four
0: stars. So I'm glad that I put her voice on first because I agree. I think that she really did come into her own with this book. I think that it definitely started to pick up. It was a lot easier to read than the first one, especially as we got deeper into it. I feel like now there's not as much world building. There's still things we don't know yet. There's still things that we don't quite understand, like with the word keys and all of that. But... I definitely feel like this is a lot easier to understand because now you're into it. Now you have connections to characters. Now you officially know what the world is kind of understand what's happening without really knowing anything yet. Um, but yeah, so I agree. And I definitely think once KL got jumped and everything started just going to shit basically, um, it started getting really, really good. And like I said, with Nehemia, Nehemia was so upsetting, it broke me. And then we have all the drama that unfolds after because there's so much that happens in this book that I don't even, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, you have the introduction of Archer who I knew from the very beginning was an absolute ass, just the worst kind of person ever. Then you have everything with Dorian and discovering his powers and having to hide them because magic's not allowed, which blew my mind. I wasn't expecting all of that. Um, you have Nehemia and her involvement with the rebel unit. You have everything that happened with Kael because he was jumped just for being close to Selena and their relationship blossoming, only to be completely destroyed once she realizes about Nehemia. Um, And then it just goes from there, like there's just so much. She meets um, that witch, oh, what was her name? The yellow legs one. She meets her, which you know is going to be very important in the future um just it's crazy there's just so so much you know what I don't think it's talked about enough but can we talk about Mort, the door knocker because I love him and all of his sassy bratty glory like why don't we talk about Mort more I just I don't understand <laughs> Like, I get it. There's so much going on in this book that a door knocker really does not matter in the grand scheme of things. Well, at least not that I know yet, but I love him. And I hope that he is in all the future books from now on because that kills me. And it kills me that she gets into like these fights with him and he like makes her actually angry. And it just, I love it. I love it so much. And before I go on a whole rant about a door knocker, I'm just going to move on because. I'm telling you I get stuck on the weirdest things and I just I can't stop. I like hyperfixy. But we also have Fleetfoot and everybody loves Fleetfoot. He is amazing. And then he almost we almost lose him. Like what ha- at the end where they go into the other world and he just like runs into the portal. But see, there's where I go and I fall in love with Kale again because Kale makes it a point to go back into the portal and save Fleetfoot. Like he saves the dog because he knows how important Fleetfoot is to Selena. And I know that he's tormented and I know that he's stuck between his loyalty for the king with his job and his loyalty for Selena and everything that's happening. I understand. I understand why she is also so pissed off at him for Nehemia and just everything that went down. There's so much, but I hope that they can reconnect and at least be friendly. Like they don't need to be together, I guess. They just need to be friendly and that will make me happy. Um, But then... And then we also realize that Selena is a fae. She turns into her fae form when she is in this portal. And she is fighting the monster demon thing that happens. Um, And that's awesome because we love fae here. Fae is just amazing. Which then leads to the revelation. The big important revelation at the end of this book. Where she whispers to Kale and she tells him something, and he realizes that she is actually Aelin. And This whole time, this mysterious Allen figure was Selena. So this is where I get nervous because then what does that mean? Is Kale going to side with Selena and aen slash aen and, do what's right? Or is he going to stick with his loyalty to the king? Or is he going to surprise us? I don't know. I don't know. I guess we're just going to have to read on to find out because we don't know yet. So we shall see where his loyalty lies once we talk about the next few books and go from there. As you can see, I have a lot more feelings about Crown of Midnight than I did (laughs) Throne of Glass, but I genuinely just think overall it was a better book and I'm excited to see where it goes from here. I'm excited to keep reading and get answers to those questions that we don't have answers yet and that I need to know because there are so many. I have so many questions that I could sit here for probably another half hour and just talk about all the questions that I have. But I think that's where we're going to end for today. I think that that's a good stopping point. And I'm excited. I'm excited to keep reading. I'm excited to hear what you think. And if you have thoughts, opinions, hot takes, whatever you'd like to share for Air Fire or The Assassin's Blade, we're going to be talking about that next week. So on the Instagram and TikTok at Wings and Romance Pod, You can find the phone number to call and leave us a voicemail, and who knows, maybe you'll be featured on next week's podcast. As always, welcome back to the court. I'm so glad to have you here. If you're not already, please follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Wings and Romance Pod for all of your behind the scenes, updates, messages, anything you may need regarding the podcast Oh, and of course, don't forget to subscribe here so that way you don't miss a thing. See you later.